Think about what's getting you through COVID-19. How are you solving problems as the borders between your work and home life start to blur? Add in remote working issues, job security stress, getting through school, it's a lot. What we do know is that in order to survive and thrive, not only during this pandemic, but in the future world of work, we're going to need to draw on a range of social and emotional skills. Skills like communication, problem solving, active listening, adaptability and agility, cultural competence, and empathy. The problem is teaching soft skills is hard. Our education systems weren't built to measure and test social and emotional skills development. Currently, our work culture tends to take these skills for granted, and yet they're more important than ever. Employers are increasingly demanding them, and many surveys indicate we're not doing enough to teach them. So, how can we turn that around? I'm Kira Johnston, and this is the Leadership Perspective Series from the Conference Board of Canada. Each episode, we sit down with an expert to discuss an issue that's affecting the lives of Canadians. With me today is Matt McKean, Director of the Education and Skills Team at the Conference Board of Canada. And we're going to talk about our brave new social and emotional world. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you being on episode two. Thanks for having me, Kira. We'll begin with a pretty important question here. What's something that Canadian employers can do to foster employees' social and emotional skills development during this pandemic? Sure, that one's near and dear to our heart. Um, from our perspective, it's really the short answer is to lead with empathy, to be aware of other people's experiences, take actions to help them and to avoid exacerbating challenges that employees are already facing before the pandemic. Uh, in other words, really start with compassion and go from there. Take the time to communicate openly and transparently about how the organization is faring in the pandemic. We talk about this in the blog and the decisions that the leaders are actually making. And then, of course, think through the impact of those decisions on employers at all levels. So in this brave new social and emotional world we're living in, the goal really is to try to mitigate the worst consequences of the pandemic for the most vulnerable members of our workplaces. So in doing that, I think we'll also create a much more humane workplace or workplaces for everyone. You mentioned in your blog post that our capacity for empathy is probably the most critical skill that will get us through COVID-19. Um, what factors in the workplace right now are threatening our empathy the most? Every organization, public or private sector, I think, aspires to continue to serve their clients as best they can in the pandemic and to maintain some semblance of business as usual. But of course, it's not business as usual uh, when the entire world is in quarantine um, and everything is just about everything is shut down and parents are at home with children trying to balance work and childcare, and individuals with mental health challenges are isolated or can't access the supports they need. So arguably our capacity for empathy is uh, really again the most critical. So here, here again employers need to empathize with and be responsive to the needs of their employees and be willing to respond to the pandemic's impacts on employees' mental health and also think through what it means in terms of productivity as we transition, uh, as we as we weather this storm and transition out of it. You mentioned transitioning out of it. We, we focus so much on the during and how we're working through it, but what social and emotional skills will help us after the pandemic ends? You know, what skills do we have that we'll have to relearn or even possibly unlearn? 
resilience remains the top skill. I think it's the one we need during the pandemic, and most certainly it's going to be the one we need after the pandemic as well. So, and that includes being adaptable, figuring out what the new normal actually means, continuing to communicate effectively with one another. Empathy, I think, will remain important as we try to get people back to the new normal. So it's continuing to learn as opposed to relearning maybe or unlearning. Focusing a little bit more on the education system, uh, we'll take take it back to 2018. You published a report on how well Canada's business schools were teaching social and emotional skills. Why were business schools so important to focus on and what developments have you seen since that report? The inspiration for that project came from Business Council of Canada survey. They do a talent survey every couple of years and they ask the top employers in the country, what are the what are the main skills that they're looking for in new hires and, and do they find any you know anything lacking or any shortcomings? And the number one skill that seemed to keep coming back in over a few years of the survey was a shortage or a lacking of, of human skills in new hires. So the social and emotional skills, communication, collaboration, teamwork, intercultural competencies, things like that. So, And because business schools are the main conduits between uh, undergraduates who are looking to go into you know, private sector and public sector jobs, we thought, well, let's ask business schools to what extent they are teaching social and emotional skills. And what we found, of course, is that business schools are emphatically aware of the need to teach social and emotional skills, but there's an inbuilt challenge, which is that they're both hard to teach and hard to measure. For business schools, which are accredited and they have to be responsible to learner outcomes, it wasn't as simple as just adding new courses because those courses or those mo learning modules didn't necessarily exist. So more often than not, they were defaulting to trying to teach human skills through extracurricular activities. But it became a real interesting sort of springboard for us to develop a larger social and emotional skills project, looking at the extent to which those skills can be taught and how do we assess them, particularly in young adults and, and mid-career workers. It's interesting that that was looked at back in 2018, and now here we are with remote learning. You know, that, that spoke about in-class learning and um, some curriculum chats, but now we're relying on remote learning. So I'm curious, how does distance education affect social emotional skills development, especially for post-secondary students? Most of the research on online or remote learning has kind of resolved that it's a it's a really good supplement to traditional, say, classroom-based learning, but it doesn't replace it. And so we need to find some way to strike that right balance. So when it comes to social and emotional skills, we know that those skills are more often than not cultivated through interpersonal exchange, through human experience. You need to have those human experiences in order to develop those skills. And so we haven't quite cracked the nut on what that means in the context of remote learning, but certainly there are there's some interesting and exciting opportunities, I think, that we can create through, say, AI, through virtual reality to try to replicate human exchange, ironically removing the human from the equation, but or at least one side of the human from the equation, but to, to nonetheless try to teach some of those social and emotional skills. It's interesting. I'm curious to see where that ends up, but... Um, Me too. <laughs> uh, that sort of leads into our final question here was, is there anything that your team at the conference board that they're doing to help build the understanding of social emotional skills development? Sure. This, uh, as I began by saying, this topic is near and dear to our hearts. So on behalf of the Future Skills Center, we, we, my team at the conference board has a multi-year social and emotional skills project. 
So we began with you know a large-scale environmental scan and literature review and key informant interviews and that sort of thing as part of a big regional sounding tour that we did on behalf of the Future Skill Center. We went to every province and territory this past year, talked to stakeholders, and they emphatically kept telling us that social-emotional skills are key. The next phase of that work for us has been to develop what we're calling a taxonomy, for lack of a better word, really kind of like an inventory of the leading social emotional skills development tools and assessment model for for adults. Historically, the social emotional skills development has always been thought of as being the domain of K to 12. And you learned everything you could about in terms of your social emotional development. And after after that, you're sort of fully formed. But our research has shown that those skills, a lot of those skills, if they aren't, you know, traits that they are nonetheless malleable uh, and can be uh, learned and developed over time. So, but what we need then for for adults are resources to do that. And so, the first, the next phase of the work that we're that, that we're doing right now is to put together those resources for post secondary institutions and for employers, so we can create a a hub in Canada for the best resources. I definitely can't take all the credit for this project. A big shout out to my team, the education and skills team at the conference board. This particular project, the social emotional skills project, is co-led by two amazing researchers, Maria Giamarco and Steve Hyam, who are really leading the charge on this work. And I'm happy to have uh, happy to be able to work with them on this. That's really interesting, really powerful stuff. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see what happens and what comes from that project. I do want to thank you for joining us for our second episode. If you do want to read more, like I said earlier, you can check out Matt's team's work on the Conference Board of Canada's website. But again, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Leadership Perspective series by the Conference Board of Canada, hosted by Kira Johnston and written by Sarah Mells. This series is produced by Jen Duhamel. Nancy Nguyen is our audio engineer. And our executive producer is Michael Bassett. Ideas were also contributed by Rob Collins and Aaron Brophy. For more podcasts, videos, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.